Hey guys, it's Abdul for the good folks over at Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware in downtown Indianapolis. Get over to Leon Tailoring for that young person who graduated. Congratulations, by the way. And make sure they've got the clothes for that big job interview. Hey, the economy may be good, but you still got to dress for success. And Leon Tailoring, they can help your young person do that with the professional wardrobe and attire that they need. And so all those years of college and getting a degree do not go to waste. So Leon Tailoring, the perfect place to get your young professional off to that start in the world of work. Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware in downtown Indianapolis. Obviously, we're into uh, uh, conference committee, so you know, obviously, we're in and out of uh, session throughout the day, and um, committees are uh, getting to work. Actually, I was on one myself today, so, um, you know, the big news of the week, I guess, was really the budget and the, the budget uh, forecast and uh, where we are on the uh, money and um, uh, kind of, I know Representative Porter talked about that earlier in the week and some of the things House Democrats are hoping to see in the final project. So, um, uh, bills that were signed several by the governor today, including several by uh, that were uh, authored by House Democrats, and obviously our members have been pretty pleased with the legislation that they've been able to get through. They've done a great job there, and uh, obviously conference committee time, you got to keep tabs on language and coming in and out of bills, and I noticed that uh, with regards to um, uh, the wetland stuff, the language came out of uh, was removed from Senate Bill 414 in conference committee. So we'll keep an eye on those things. And with that, I'm happy to answer any questions you might have. What needs to happen between now and April 29th to make this a positive session for you? Or for me or House Democrats? <laughs> you know, I think, yeah, um, look, we always go into this looking at the, um, uh, obviously at the budget and the funding for K-12 uh, uh, public education. We have, we know also that we have other needs where we, that the state has fallen behind, specifically in uh, public health. And um, uh, I think that the governor and the task force that he put together uh, several months ago, Dr. Box done an outstanding job. Um, uh, with that, with, um, with that committee and the, uh, the task at hand to really improve our abysmal numbers statewide with healthcare, and um, uh, I think if we can walk away pretty good, uh, do a good job there with funding public health, do a good job with fun funding uh, public uh, education, I think we can. You know, I think the, the budget will, will probably look pretty good. We'll, we'll just have to see because I know that there's a lot of things out there, including um, for our, for our caucus stand with regards to vouchers. You know, we obviously drawn a line in the sand there. That we don't want to see any more expansion. We have to see that the Senate uh, Republicans uh, for now agree with us. We'll just have to see what happens uh, within the negotiations on the budget. The hospitals feel like they're being unfairly singled out on House Bill 1004 because there's language dealing with hospital fees but not insurance reimbursement rates. Do you agree with them on that? Should the legislature address that last week? Oh, I do. I mean, the, the problem we have is it's just not one player. Uh, and that's like the, that's just the hospitals, uh, the insurance companies um, uh, play a big role in this as well when we're talking about uh, health care costs in general. And I think there's an appeal process that that's only to the, I think the, ins the insurance companies and not the, the hospitals. So uh, to sort of single out the hospitals, I think is really truly unfair. And um, um, and, and I, you know, we were talking the other day that maybe, maybe it's just an easier target because you get a bill from the hospital. It doesn't say a lot of the other things on there that go into that contributes to that that bill. That isn't necessarily not necessarily the hospital's fault. Um, so yeah, so I, I I think the insurance companies and others play a larger role in this as well. And um, so I think if we're, when we're talking about lowering healthcare costs, all the players um, need to be at the table and um, uh, need to take a look at all those all of them. Do you think the 225 million 
that uh, has been included in the budget plan for the public health expansion is adequate? And why do you think there's so much, you know, do you think the, the reluctance on going higher is justified? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, and, and we've advocated for fully funding uh, the governor's proposal, and I think that we should do that. I mean, I don't know. You know, we're in a really good position now um, to be able to do that. I mean, you know, if you look at where uh, the state ranks with uh, regards to um, attracting uh, employers, uh, keeping talent here in the state, you know, we're starting to lose. Just look at look at what the other states are doing um, and, and compare, um, uh, look at their health care uh, records. And um, employers will tell you that it's very important to have uh, not only well-educated uh, uh, workforce, but a healthy one as well. And so I think this just presents a great opportunity. I mean, now's the time to do it. I hope you do. Do you blame any, you know, why not? Why do you think that the Republican leadership is not willing to push for more of that? Uh, do you think just from COVID grievances or, or whatever is uh, leading to that? Well, you know, look, um, as, a, as, a, as a leader and as a speaker, you know, he can only do what his caucus is probably going to allow him to do. And um, uh, unfortunately for some, and we've seen this in the last uh, couple of years, you mentioned it with regards to COVID and sort of this um, uh, not believing in science and vaccinations and all these sorts of things that we've seen. And that may, that may be part of sort of kind of that whole healthcare uh, umbrella. And it's, it, that's too bad. So, because really, now's the time to do something. We have a real good opportunity in front of us. So 1420, um, consumer advocates are talking about how it's going to lead to increased costs for just great payers, consumers, House Democrats, it appears had the, had the power to kill the bill if you, if you wanted to. Well, could you walk us through the discussions in your caucus on where we landed on that? Well, I think um, the, when, and, and I, I both agree with Representative Pierce, you know, when it comes to, um, uh, Frankly, protecting you know ratepayers that those of us that voted not wanted to do because it does um, uh, create. I mean, basically, what you're saying it is um, uh, the opportunity for those that already have this right of first refusal can be expanded. So it, it's with the people for them, and you're, you're blocking out competition. Um, and I believe that the more comp competition that you have has the potential to lower. Uh, uh, lower the cost, which in fact then will lower uh, rates for for ratepayers. And so um, uh, I don't know what the exact vote count was, and I really don't. But um, and remember, it's a concurrent, so it's always eligible to go to conference and be approved upon. So it's not like you know, necessarily to kill the bill. But um, but we'll always continue to. Uh, uh, at least I will, and I'll try to, uh, uh, you know, Reverend Pierce and others will um, will always advocate for Reverend Pierce. Mm -hmm. Okay, thanks very much. Thank you. Thank you. This podcast was produced and edited by Chris Spangle and Leaders and Legends, LLC. If you're interested in starting a podcast or taking yours to the next level, please contact us at leadersandlegends.net.